Welcome to The Nature Connection, the podcast featuring Dr. Les Higgins, who's an enthusiastic bushwalker who studied the psychology of nature connectedness and written extensively about it. I'm Wendy Moore, an artist who finds great inspiration and sanity from wandering in the bush. Both of us are passionate about connecting with nature and we hope that our chats will encourage and empower you to deepen your own relationship with nature. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast, Connect With Nature. I think as we chat, you're going to learn a lot more about what nature connection is and and what nature connection can do. I'm starting by by talking with Les about a recent blog that he wrote, and he wrote something that just really moved me. He said, I'm at that stage in life when looking backwards is far more interesting and appealing than looking forwards. I'm not regretful about this as I'm putting the finishing touches to a love-filled, happy and fulfilling life. And This is certainly a poignant thing to say, but I was also struck by a sense of contentment that is in such contrast to what I see in so many other places and so many other people. And so, Les, I'm just really interested to know if you think your connection with nature has contributed to this contentment in your life. Oh, absolutely. Look, my nature connection has broadened and built me as a person in all sorts of ways. Physical fitness, for example, health consciousness. It's given me great mental stimulation, interests, practical skills, and so on. It's also steered my life in unexpected and highly beneficial directions. I mean, I've engaged in a host of outdoor activities, ranging from backpacking right through to abseiling, I think it's helped me or spurred me to becoming a gardener. Uh, It gave me the opportunity to engage in teaching others, introducing others to outdoor activities, a very fulfilling and rewarding experience. And, of course, it's it's Mm. challenged me to write about nature. I guess I'd have to say as well it's helped me to flourish. You know, I've formed wonderful friendships. I've experienced beauty on a magnificent scale, experienced awe and wonder. In general, I have to say it's, mm. it's, it's allowed me to flourish. Mm. Mm. So based on that, you'd say, and I know certainly from my own experience, we'd both say that, that being nature connected is something that's, that's good for us and we might have a hunch that it's good for other people too. Are we alone in thinking that? Have we just dreamt that up or is that something that that is proven or true? Yes, that's um, that's interesting actually. 20 years ago I would have had I would have said that this is probably a dream in my eye and somebody else's. Not so because from about the beginning of this century interest in nature connectedness has mounted and has acquired a, um, a very strong scientific edge. It was spurred, interestingly, by concern about, the, about climate change and the need to find ways of changing people's 
um, response to the crisis that we're facing, both in respect of climate change and the loss of biodiversity. And um, some researchers pondered the question, if we were to encourage people to become more deeply connected with nature, would this uh, stir in them a desire to protect nature and therefore become more motivated, indeed more passionate about the problems of the uh, environment and, and the need to do something about them? And it was from that basis that um, the, if you wouldn't, could call it, I suppose, the nature connectedness movement has grown. Subsequent to that, there's been a host of research studies done demonstrating that nature connectedness does a great deal for, well, our happiness, our well-being, our health, and importantly, it does indeed motivate us to take care of the natural world. Mm, mm. It's acquired such a momentum that there's even a university centre now established uh, to make a study of nature connectedness and how it can be promoted in the lives of people. Mm, mm. And and I particularly love, I think it was a quote from one of your blogs that was from the um, UN Convention on Biological Diversity and just that there was an urgency about that too, isn't there, that the time is now... Have you got that quote? Yeah, yes, I'll, I'll share that with you in a minute. That, that quote comes from a very important agency. It's the Convention on Biological Diversity established by the UN 20 or so, 30 years ago. Mm. And um, the 196 member countries meet regularly and at their 1918, uh, 2018 conference, they um, issued, or from that conference, they issued this call to action which really, among other things, demonstrates the prominence with which uh, nature connectedness uh, has now acquired and it's uh, the recognition of its importance. I'll, I'll just share with you, if I can, uh, as I recall it, the time is now, the evidence is clear, one of the most important things that any of us can do for ourselves, uh, those we love, people throughout the world, and the living systems that support us all is to connect with nature. A big call, isn't it? Pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. It, it it's, it's not. So connecting with nature isn't just a selfish thing, is it? It's something that that's going to have an impact on not just ourselves, but, but everything, our community and our world. And, yeah, I, for me that's really motivating. It's, um, yeah, very special. One of the things I think about with nature connection is how how does that actually look in the wild? So if I'm looking at people, how how do I spot someone who is particularly nature connected? What are their characteristics likely to be? Right. Well, you won't always find them in the wild, by the way. Uh, nature connectedness can come in all sorts of uh, bodies and minds and can be found in all sorts of places. The point is it's a relationship, and that's tremendously important to keep in mind. But a, a nature-connected person, first of all and foremost indeed, has a very strong sense of being part of nature and at one with the natural world. Mm. So much so, in fact, that they, they see nature as, important, as an important part of their identity, their sense of who they are. And, of course, 
they will spend a lot of time in nature, but it needn't be wild nature. Mm. It needn't even be rural nature. Mm. It can be nature within urban mm. settings. It can be the nature on the, their own balcony if they are living in an apartment, for example. Mm. Nature comes in many forms. But the important thing is that whatever yes. form it takes, these people can feel a, a very special relationship to it. They enjoy almost everything about nature, but especially being surrounded by it. Mm. And they will mm. want to get out there and make connection with nature in whatever way they can. They need doses of it, knowing that this will be important mm. for their well-being and of course, you'll recognise them because they have this very deep sense of commitment to caring for the natural environment. Mm. And I think that's something that we're talking a bit more about in an upcoming episode, but that, that hunger for nature, that sense that if you are without nature or deprived of nature, that that can actually have an impact. So I'm, I'm sure we're talking about that later. But one of the, um, you know, that when we've talked, I've often, I talk about my sacred places or, you know, the places, um, it might be, you know, a pile of rocks on the hill near our place or the crest of a ridge. Um, but it's a place that, that I go to, to just, just to find quietness and peace and, it's it's a place where I can sort of I suppose there's a, a Peter Gabriel lyric where he talks about turning up the signal and turning down the noise and they're the sort of places where you can do that just sit get lost in looking what's going on around you and you refer to them I think as heart places which I found really interesting can you talk a bit more about heart places. Yes, I, I certainly have to acknowledge first that I have borrowed this term from Jonica Newby, the uh, science uh, presenter and reporter. She uses this term in uh, uh, a piece I saw that she'd written. I suspect it's in her book, a recent book she wrote. But no, a heart place, well, uh, as it's, the label suggests, is a place that reaches and touches you very deeply emotionally for me, um, a heart and the heart place is a place that I have visited again and again. It's, um, I guess, it was special from the moment I found it because I didn't expect to find it. It was novel, but it was once found, never to be forgotten, and it had an appeal that required to be visited again and again in the company of as many people as I could take to this wonderful place. Scenically, mm. it's, an, it's, a, it's, mm. it's a canyon uh, up in the northern part mm. of the Blue Mountains. It's in quite mm. beautiful bushland. All around are intriguing pagoda-shaped sandstone formations. And then to cap it all off, at the end of the canyon is a panoramic view of the Wolgan Valley, absolutely exquisite. And the canyon itself is what I call a slot canyon. It's deep, confined and semi-dark, almost like a cave, sculpted over mm. millions of years by water. And it's just a place of mm. awe, um, wonder, and um, it never fails to touch people quite deeply when they uh, they mm. first uh, see it. And... Um, 
Mm. I, of course, have so many pleasant memories associated with it that it's just uh, become a centrepiece of, of my recollections about my nature experiences. And it sounds like even when you can't go there physically, it's a place that you can go to in your memory or if you're looking at pictures of that place that you'd get a similar kind of experience? Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it, it sort of lives quite vividly in my memories. And um, even mm. though I doubt if I'll get back there again, it will, it will always remain as a, a, a treasured part of my sort of uh, package of, of, of memories and of wonderful uh, emotional associations. Mm. I know one of the, um, I mean, I've got a few heart places or <laughs> sacred places and some of them, yes, I don't know whether I'll get back to some of them, but there's, there's certainly places that I can, can go back to in my mind and that is very important and, and that I suppose each, each week, you and I have talked about wanting these podcasts to be something that's not just theoretical but, but something that might really encourage people to to take active steps in, in becoming more nature-connected people. And one of the ways I, I thought for me that I can do that is to, to have an intention each week so that when we've chatted that there might be something that comes out of the conversations that I think, okay, I'm going to have a go at that this week. Not huge, something very doable, but just listening to you talking about your your canyon in the Wolgan Valley made me think that, okay, this week, no matter what comes up, I'm going to stick my mask on and walk up the hill and go to one of my sacred places, not as part of a, a fitness thing, but just to go and to sit and to be and to listen and, and just to see what happens, just to enjoy that. So I think that's one of the things I'll do this week as a result of having chatted today. Oh, very good. Liz, what are you going to do this week to stay connected with nature? Oh, look, I don't think I'll ever ever become disconnected from nature, but I certainly need to have my dose of nature. And what I'm going to do is walk a beautiful walk through a lovely forest, quite close to the suburbs of Sydney, believe it or not. But the trees there are absolutely magnificent. And even though I'm I go there just as part of my routine of getting out in nature and keeping myself a little bit active. I always revel in the majesty of the trees and the beauty of this spot. So that's what I'm going to be doing once or twice this week for sure. That sounds really beautiful. I'm looking forward to hearing about that and hearing more about your nature connection journey um, in our next episode. So thanks so much and we'll see you then. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you found our conversation encouraging, motivating and helpful. You can read more about nature connectedness in Les's blog, Our Green Genes. That's www.ourgreengenes.wordpress and genes is spelt G-E-N-E-S or in his book, Connect with Nature. One of the best things you can do for yourself, others and planet Earth. And this is available online at www.connectwithnatureguide.com 
and at www.inspiringbookshop.com and through all book retailers. To learn about me and my art, visit www.afterthemonsoon.com.